And welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast. This is episode 31. 31. The Jerry Cheevers episode. <laughs> the goat, one of the best goalies of all time. Jerry Cheevers. Um, 227 wins, 104 losses, 76 ties. Save percentage of 901 of the goals against of 289. I mean, numbers that are going to be eye-popping in today's league. But <laughs> <laughs> still a legend back in his day. Hey, one of the best goalies cool, of all time. Pretty cool little face mask he wore, too. Honestly, that's probably the reason why he's really like well-known. You know the Bruins don't have a single... We've talked about this before. There isn't a single goalie that's had his number retired for the Bruins. There will be soon, but that's right. If, if, hey, but for the people who don't know about Jerry Chiefer's mask, um, he was the goalie who wore the stitch mask, and the way that he put the stitches on his mask, it was every time that he took a puck or it took a shot to the face and it left a mark, he would mark it down with a marker. So that's what all those stitches are. Like that's that's, that's pretty sick. That's such a baller move. Literally, and wish- looking at his helmet, his face. Oh my God! His face would look like silly putty if he didn't wear that mask with all those. I don't know. He has a pa- he has a blocker and a glove. He must have liked to save pucks with his face because that whole mask <laughs> is is dotted up with some stitches. No, dude, have you ever seen the picture of him without the mask? Oh, I feel like I have. Is I'm pulling. <laughs> no, he just looks like a. What did you call him? It's a silly putty. Silly yeah. putty face. Yeah, he looks like he's, he has silly putty face. Um, oh, that has on. to be. The coolest, the coolest piece of equipment in like the history of sports is Jerry Cheever's mask. Honestly, dude, it's it's classic. Like after he wore that, you saw the the hockey goalie mask in like horror movies. All yeah, he popularized it. I can't find the picture, but um. Anyway, it might be actually. You know what? It might be Terry Sawchuk. Now that I'm thinking about it, but. Uh, anyways, your Boston yeah, it is. Bruins. Oh it my is. God, I'm yeah, looking at okay. it right now. Yeah, Holy okay. crap. If you're listening to the show and you don't know what we're talking about right now, just do yourself a favor or don't if you don't want to be disgusted. <laughs> I wouldn't, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Go look up Terry Sawchuck face and you'll see what goalies used to go through <laughs> and get a so, just google this man's face and you'll see why we're breathing in disgust right now it's it's insane but um <sighs> real quickly before we really start the show um i just think we should go through the two games that we uh that have happened since the last recording so the vancouver canucks and the edmonton oilers um boston went into vancouver Linus Hallmark at the start. He made 20, uh, 26 saves on 27 shots, one goal allowed. Lindholm with a goal, Marshawn with a goal. And uh, by the way, uh, new gold scorer in the NHL, Linus Hallmark. Oh, yeah. The he's back of the chasing the Vesna and the Rocket this year. I heard, I believe he's now the, well, I think this is, he's either the 14th goalie or this is like the 14th time that a goalie has ever scored in the history of the NHL. And yep. I was thinking, I, 
that number kind of surprised me. I know it's like ridiculous. It's a huge event, huge occurrence if a goalie scores a goal. I have no idea when the last goalie goal was. I don't know if you do. But like just thinking about it, like I feel like it would happen a little more often than just 14 times in the history of the NHL. Like you saw what Lee Mark did. They dumped it in. He stood up and just sent it down the ice. Like I know it. You got to have great accuracy and everything has to be perfect and you can't have anybody in front of you and you got to elevate it over everybody's heads. But in the history of the NHL, you can't tell me it hasn't happened more than 14 times. Well, dude, the crazy thing is that was the first one in um, Bruins franchise history. No goalie wow. in, the, in Bruins franchise history has ever scored a goal That's, until um, a couple of days ago. Yeah. And another thing I saw, too, I might have the numbers mixed up. I'm almost positive I read that he is the 14th goalie in NHL history to score a goal. And I also thought I read that of those 14 goalies, eight of them were only scored because the goalie was the last player to touch the puck, meaning that uh, the other team could have shot it and he could have had some sort of, the goalie could have had some sort of crazy kick save that he kicked the puck all the way out to the red line and then they accidentally hit it into their own net or something like that. Um, But to actually stand up, get the puck and fire it down the ice, I mean, if my math is correct, I'm not a great math guy, that would make Linus Allmark the sixth person to ever do that. (laughs) Well, so the before Linus Allmark scored uh, his goal, just a couple of days ago against the Canucks, the last time that it happened, it was actually a Phoenix Coyote. Really? It was Mike Smith in 2013. Oh, little yeah. Mike Smith, man! What happened to that guy? He I went know, to Edmonton. Think, That's what I happened think, to him. He went to Edmonton. I think Ron Hextall scored like two or three of them, didn't he? Yeah, he. I think he has two. I'm pretty he sure had Ron a couple Hextall of them. has two. Yeah, he has, because, a, he has um, quite a few fights as well. That guy was an animal. He was nuts, but but I I think it's too because Jack had mentioned at one point during the game that um forget the Pasternak you know forget Pasternak chasing McDavid down for the rocket. Linus Allmark <laughs> is one goal behind the all time NHL goalie lead. For, for goals. <laughs> hey, we could be watch. Make sure you watch every Bruins game from here on out until the end of time, as long as Allmark's on this roster, because you could be witnessing history. history. <laughs> Allmark stands he, up and fires it. He can break even more records than he's already breaking. Yeah, and I mean, talk about a one-man band. I mean, against Vancouver, he has, what, 26 saves on 27 shots. It's a two-to-one yep. game. Vancouver pulled the goalie. Uh, they're giving you everything they have. We'll just leave it to Linus Olmark. He can stop the puck, and he can also put the puck in the back of the other team's net. He, doing everything he can for this team. <laughs> he, do you think with that goal, he kind of – obviously, it, it doesn't really play into the goalie stats, but do you think with that goal and just the moment and kind of him – obviously putting the puck in the back of the net. Do you think that cemented him as the Vesna favorite for sure? Um, I think maybe if he went bar down, <laughs> if he might, could bottle? you imagine? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. My favorite part of the whole experience was that when he then went down the line and like fist yes! bumped everybody, that was dude. so cool. But um, that just shows, dude, that just shows how, wild this team is it's, i know this is there, somebody took a, the, the the picture that was all over twitter and on the cover of every article was omar going down the uh the bench giving everybody you know a fist bump and everybody was going crazy and it's like that is the perfect exemplification of this team this year because it's been the leanest omar show in net and everybody is hooting and hollering everybody the the collaboration and the teamwork and the camaraderie of this whole team. I mean, they're all, you can look at their faces and it's like pure excitement that their goalie who's having a historic season, just put one in the back of the net. But to go back to your original question, no, I think it has absolutely no impact on the Vesna race. I think that he already was the odds on favorite. 
um, well, he is the odds-on favorite. And, uh, you know, him scoring a goal or not didn't uh, separate him from the pack at all because it's about stopping the pucks, not scoring the yeah. pucks as much as as much as I guess it could be now that Omar has a goal. But um, no, I mean, who's the only, I know a lot of people are saying um, Connor Hellebuck is probably, what do you think he would be number two? Is he the only one that's kind of breathing down Omar's neck in terms of yeah. voting wise? Yeah, but he's kind of fallen off a bit over the past couple, um, you know, a couple of weeks. He's fallen off a little. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Omar's still leading in wins. Vasilevsky's turned it on a little bit. He's two behind Omar in wins. Um, Goals against average. I don't even see Hellebuck anymore. He's at two four six. Omark is yeah. still at one point eight. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Omark has a chance of, of like setting. Uh, I know he has the chance of setting like three different franchise records this year. I believe he's on pace to set the wins record. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the save percentage and goals against average record is, but I would assume that he's getting pretty close to the goals against average record as well. I want to say that for the Bruins franchise, I know it's Tim Thomas. I yeah. I just I think it was um, 0.938. Um, let's see here. That's crazy. And and right now, Linus Allmark is at uh, 0.938. All right, wait. Do you have uh, Allmark's stats pulled up in front of you? Yeah, I do. All right. Um, so the NHL record for wins in a season was in 2015, 2016, when Braden Holpe had 48 wins. Okay, Omar's not catching that. How many does Omar have right now? 30. But it's just because the whole you know goal yeah, system that they go with. Plays. All right, so he won't be getting that. Um, let's look at. Uh, come on, save percentage. Oh, good. They automatically exclude players who are born before prohibition. That's awesome. All right. The uh, highest save percentage in NHL history. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. This isn't. Oh, this isn't in a single season. This is. Oh, OK. Here's single season. OK. Uh, oh, come on. This guy was born before the prohibition. It was in 1970, <laughs> 71. Jacques Plante had a 944 save percentage. Dude, I mean, Omar is sniffing that. He's 938. Yeah, he's right on now. the list, actually. Omar is fifth, 938. He's tied with Tim Thomas's franchise record at 938. Cool. Okay, so by I the way, that. do you know who's number two in highest single season <laughs> save percentage? It was in 2011, 2012. Tuka. No. I'll give you a hint. Uh, well, how many was, games did he play? Uh, 38. Oh, sh- what? Who? Brian Elliott. With the Bruins? No, with St. Louis. Oh, okay, 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 okay. That makes way more sense. I thought you were talking <laughs> about somebody. In- That's why I said. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh I thought gosh, you were man. talking about the Bruins, and I was like, when was Brian Elliott on No, the no, you know what? That's my bad. I didn't give you a good enough preface. We'll do the last one here. Goals against average in a single season. Um, uh, no, he's not. Never mind. He's not catching this. Uh, George Hainsworth in 1928, no. 1929. Okay, okay, hang on. No, continue in that. <laughs> he played 44 games and gave up 43 goals. He had a 0.92 goals against average. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I okay. Yeah. Well, that's back when they were. Too. That's that. That's back when they were actually playing with kitchen knives on their feet. I was gonna <laughs> say, find a find a goalie. Uh, oh, here we go. Six sixties and up. Nineteen sixties and up. Um, nineteen sixties and up. 
All right. Th- that would make number one, Brian Elliott. 1.56 goals against average. Holy sh... Are you serious? I'm going to say at least... Th- you need at least 30 starts. Brian Elliott had 38 starts. This is the same yeah. year that he had like a 2.4, whatever we just said, goals against average. He also had a 1.56. He had a 1.56 goals against average, 940 save percentage. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Mika Kippersoff, 03-04, 1.7 goals against average, 933 save percentage. Marty Turco in 2002-2003, 1.73 goals against average, Bruins legend, 932 <laughs> save percentage. And can I get and Lena Solmark, 1.86 goals against average, 938 save percentage. So he's he's as good of a season as he's had. He still has to step it up a little bit to uh, start breaking records. But either way, he's having top 10 seasons among players who were born before World War II, after World War II, um, in terms of goals against average and save percentage. That's insane. This guy, if he does not win the Vesna Trophy, um, the Bruins should just secede from the NHL. Let's form our own league. Because clearly, if you listen to that dingling last night, the Bruins should win the Vesna because every apparently they're, they're the NHL's darlings. Because Gary Bettman was in attendance at the game last night, and every ref wants oh, to win. Are you you're talking about the the yep, guy? Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, that guy. I've never seen somebody get clowned so bad and so much on Twitter. Well, it's funny because I was I was telling you when he was tweeting. I I always love doing that when people talk themselves into a corner because uh, when Brad Martian had his little tweet, this guy's freaking head exploded, and he just started. I don't even think he believed it. He just started firing off tweets. Bruins suck. They're too. The Bruins. They're never gonna win in the playoffs with this team. Listen, bud. It's it's uh, February twenty eighth, and they've already beaten every single team in the NHL at least once. They they have eight losses. Like, are you kidding me? He was saying that you know, the, oh, the Bruins are gonna get their shit rocked when they when they come to Edmonton on Monday night, baby. Brad Marchand isn't gonna have any impact on the game whatsoever. So I went through and I bookmarked all their all of his tweets <laughs> like last week, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna wait for the Bruins because I I mean I knew the Bruins were gonna beat Edmonton, although that was a really good game last night. Um, yeah. And sure enough, when you know uh, after the game, I went to go look at the. 10 tweets of his that I bookmarked and suddenly there was only three. It's like, Oh, somebody's doing a little damage control and trying to take walk back what he said. But luckily screenshots live forever and plenty of people (laughs) took some screenshots and out of this dude for being a clown. So it was, I had a good night last night. (laughs) Dude, his phone must've been going off the charts. Oh, I can't even, I can't even imagine. And it was funny because, um, I mean, you see a lot of, I mean, we talk about this with like sports media. I mean, and, and, and it, social media is a perfect Petri dish for it, you know, is emotion sells. If you can piss people off that you're going to get a bunch of replies, but this dude, man, like, it, like he had like one tweet um, saying like, I don't know, like Bruins fans suck or something. And there was like 400 replies yeah. <laughs> and, and like, instead of even entertaining them, he just like, call, I think he must've went to bed because like I checked before I went to bed at like midnight and I checked when I woke up this morning and I don't know how, I don't know the time difference between like wait Massachusetts and Edmonton, but this dude did not tweet for like 13 hours. Wait. And so that was his initial tweet. That was the first tweet that got everybody going. No, no. He his first tweet that got everybody going was when the All Star game. They said it might be in Edmonton, and Brad Marchand oh. tweeted like, "I will not be going because yeah. nobody <laughs> wants to go to Edmonton or something." And then uh, like this guy tweeted back, or somebody else tweeted back at Brad Marchand like, "Oh, like, 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 how dare you? You know, talk." tell the truth basically and uh and brad marchand was like oh you know i'm just saying what everybody else was thinking pretty much and this this guy like went 
off on Brad Martian. Like he photoshopped Martian wearing like a Bruins cheerleader outfit. He was yep. calling Martian like a whiny little bitch. He was calling him a rat. He was <laughs> tweeting photos of Brad Martian. Like Brad Martian lives rent free in this guy's head. Dude, he, just like imagining him in his basement so pissed that Marshawn just talks shit about Edmonton. He's no. like, oh, I'm going to get him. Dude, <laughs> and like Martian's right. Like Edmonton sucks, man. It's yeah, so they, cold up there. I don't know. That's the only, the only reason they could get McDavid to stay for eight years is because they gave him the largest contract contract in NHL history like nobody wants to play for Edmonton just because that city I think it's it's either Edmonton or Winnipeg one of them is like it's the coldest major city in North America why would you want to play hockey there let alone go for an all if you could have an all-star game the all-star game this year is in Florida and now you want to talk about bringing that shit up to Edmonton? Yeah, what are you doing? I would be pissed too. I wouldn't want to. Go, I would boycott that game. What do you actually? Since we're on the subject, what do you think like the best location for an NHL All Star game would be? Uh, Atlanta. Were, Atlanta. If you were, and you got chosen to the All Star game, like what's the number one destination that you'd be like, oh, sick! This is going to be a time. Um. I, I think a lot of it depends on what team you're playing for. Like, for example, if if I was playing for a team, not even to make fun of them, like Edmonton or Winnipeg, and I heard that the All-Star game was in Southern Florida, I would... I would take steroids. I would do everything I could to play incredible so I get voted in the All-Star game so I can go to sunny Florida. But like all teams aside, I honestly, I feel like Toronto would be a really cool place to go for an All-Star game. Just their because fans, of the culture? Yeah, their fans yeah. are crazy about hockey. I mean, it's it's not a bad city. They have stuff to do there. But I feel like the easy answer would be somewhere warm because we live in the Northeast, so like California or you know, you know, like Florida. But I feel like if you want like the best NHL all-star game experience, I would think Toronto. I would think Chicago. I would Montreal. think Montreal. I would think uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, pretty much any team in the Northeast, I would say, would be a lot of fun. Although I would not want to go to Detroit for an All Star game. I feel like that would that would be I would not enjoy that. <laughs> but like yeah, no. somewhere warm or somewhere in the Northeast. What about Vegas? I'm surprised you didn't say Vegas like right away. Vegas would be cool, but Vegas gets everything. Like they mm-hmm. just had the Pro Bowl. Didn't they already have an NHL All Star game? I don't think so. I don't think they had, unless it was the inaugural season and they had it in Vegas just to kind of, I don't know. know. They might've, they might've, they might've had a draft there or something. The NBA summer league is in Vegas every year. Like every sports thing is always in Vegas. I feel like that's like, that's the one that everybody picks first. And I don't know, that would be cool, but I just feel like the hockey culture isn't as crazy. Although I will say I was, I did go to Vegas once and I was talking to my Uber driver and this was over the summer. So this was what the, fourth season fifth season that the golden knights had been there and like they love the golden knights out there you're driving by houses and they have vegas golden knight flags hanging next to their door they have the golden knights like license plates holder and i was talking to the guy i was like hey like is this just because um i I mean the the raiders had this was like the raiders first season in vegas or second season in vegas whatever and i was like is everybody a golden knights fan here just because it's your only professional sports team he's like no man like we really like hockey and i was like really he was like yeah they have they have so many transplants from like cold parts of the country that everybody just enjoys hockey and it's just a fun experience and they're just they're so passionate to finally have their own sports team and like they love the golden knights out there and that just shows when people say you know um move the coyotes or hockey doesn't work in the southwest 
Like it does. You just have to do it right. Like yeah. the whole Arizona franchise since the beginning has just been a cluster. Like they they messed up in the initially putting the rink in Glendale, like miles away from everybody in the middle of nowhere. They literally just put it in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but like if if they can rebrand, not rebrand, but if they can relocate to a good spot and connect with the you know the people who live there and really start building an actual fan base and put a decent team around them then it, the coyotes could work I, I don't think Bettman wants to move them but yeah and and also like the coyotes they randomly changed their name for i know they weren't playing in phoenix anymore but they should go back to the phoenix coyotes and move back yeah. to phoenix i don't like how they're called the arizona coyotes but that might just be my own little personal core with the franchise but they have everything they have i think they have the coolest jerseys in all of hockey when they hey, have like their, yeah that the, the throwback jerseys the one that they had um their black history month jersey that was on twitter yeah that, that was, was sick that, that was really that cool. was actually sick um and i mean i think part of it too is that they they suck they are so bad and they've yeah. been so bad for so long and like their whole thing like their relevancy like they have a whole thing where they take on all of these nhl legends they're expiring contracts like i don't know if you saw like shea weber now they have shea weber's contract on their books they had like marion datsuk marion hosa there's like a whole <laughs> of ex-nhl players who have never oh, and like that's uh, what they are chris, to the NHL. chris pronger too because chris yeah. pronger uh there was some there was some edit where all three all four of those guys were like it looked like a hall of fame edit like they like they were yeah. these guys and Pronger tweeted it, and he was like, um, congrats on making the golf team, Weber. We got our fourth. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's all that they are to the NHL. And it's crazy because Arizona, they don't have a basketball team, and they don't have uh, a baseball team. They have a football team, the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think that – I know they're one of the oldest teams in football. I don't – I don't. when I think of the big market teams, they are absolutely not one of them. Yeah. And it must be discouraging for the Coyotes to say, like, well, we can't use the excuse that we're in, in the Southwest because Vegas is booming – they can't use the excuse that hockey doesn't work in the desert because again, Vegas is booming. So like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you, uh, their success in terms of their marketability and their franchise success, obviously playing in a college rink doesn't work. Moving locations a bunch of times doesn't work. But like the reason that you can't sell tickets is they've sucked for so long and they've literally made no effort at all to put a winning team on the ice. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, um, I did want to mention too uh, when we were talking about Allmark's goal, that was the first game for Orlov and Hathaway too. So imagine <laughs> what imagine what they're thinking. They just come yeah. into this team, and all of a sudden the goalie scores a goal. The whole team's going nuts. Like that's your introduction to the team. They're thinking they never saw Braden Holpe do that. <laughs> no, never, never. I know. Talk about a good game to get a start. How did um how did Stanika look that game? Did he? Did he I do anything? Even, did he play? I don't, he, I don't even know if he played. Honestly. I don't even know if he did either. I was just thinking about it. I don't remember seeing him out there. Yeah. But um, so after the Seattle game, the Bruins, um, let's see here. Play uh, went to Edmonton, played Edmonton, uh, McDavid, Dry Zach Hyman, Darnell Nurse. Edmonton played the Bruins good. That was a yeah. good, good, good game. They did. Um dude, obviously I know you follow me on Twitter. McDavid is insane. I was going on a whole thing yesterday tweeting about McDavid. Holy shit, 50 goals in 61 games. I tweeted yesterday. Uh, I think Pasta is fourth in the NHL in points with like 78. 
Kucherov is third with 85. After last night, um, what's his name? Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is second with 89. And Connor McDavid is first. He has 25 more points than Leon Dreisaitl, who is in second. And on his team, too. Yeah, like, just, like, (laughs) stop and think about that for a second. Like, I was talking about it with my dad yesterday, and I was, because we were watching the game, and I was like, that's crazy. 50 goals in 61 games. My dad was like, well, yeah, well, like, you know, Cam Neely had 50 and 50. I was like, well, I know, but, like, he's averaging two points a game. He's on pace for, I think, I think I saw it was 60, 65 goals and, like, 150-something points. That like that, and he's not even What's, at the peak of his powers yet. He's only twenty six. No, what, how many points does he have right now? Uh, I think it was like a hundred and fifteen. Let me go look. He might he might pass one hundred and fifty, dude. Like honestly, the way that he's scoring, and like you saw it, we all saw it last night. The way that he literally can just drive when he's in the zone and he has the puck, you and he knows what he's doing. Like you don't have a chance. You have it, no yeah, shot. He, he has 115 points, but if if every single player out there was wearing the exact same jersey, if they were all the same height and weight, if they were all identical clones of each other, you can tell which one is Connor McDavid as soon as a puck touches his stick. It's the yeah. it's the quick stick handles. Like he is so in control of what he's doing at all, skating at full speed uh, through traffic, and he's like stick handling in a phone booth. He's just on such a different level, and he's playing the highest level of hockey in the entire world. And he's making it look like he's playing pond hockey out there. It's crazy. Now, I tweeted this today. Um, let's say, hypothetically, Connor McDavid is available in a trade. Yeah, what, what, would it, <laughs> what would it cost to get him? I, let's use the Bruins. What would it cost to get him on the Bruins? Pasta, McAvoy, and like two firsts. That's it? You think that's it, dude? Pasta I, and McAvoy. I know, and but first of all, Pasta's on an expiring contract, so you have to keep all right, that. Hang on, so uh, we'll say Pasta signed eight years, eleven mil. Pasta, on, McAvoy, let me, two first. Let me let me go back to the tweet. Honestly, I think it, I think it costs more than that. I think Edmonton's asking for because keep I, McDavid's locked up for like another five years too, or six, yeah. uh, more than that. I think it's seven or eight years because he sounded like a twelve-year deal. But I I tweeted that question today. I wanted to give him credit. Um, also, <laughs> humble bra- uh, humble brag for myself, Ryan. If you're listening, I got you to tweet for the first time in six years, and I'm oh, so yeah. I'm so pumped <laughs> about that. Oh, here we go. I tweeted uh, realistically if Connor McDavid was made available on a trade, what do you think he would cost? Drew Adamek, you can follow him on Twitter at Adamek underscore Drew said was wondering that last night. Neither team would do it, but Pasta, McAvoy, Lysel, Lorai, and a first would be fair value. I said that's tough. I said I said that if the if if Pasta has extension, the Oilers would start with what he mentioned. But if Pasta doesn't have an extension, there's no way that they would take Pasta just because of the risk. Um, but honestly, I think Pasta, McAvoy, and if you want to attach first, I mean, I would ask for at least three first round picks if I was Edmonton. I'm maybe, thinking like more around four. Maybe maybe McAvoy, Pasta, and JD or Taylor Hall. No, I don't think they would want Taylor Hall back. That's Although what I'm they, saying. They might, they might take the. Uh, they could take Lori. I mean, it could be they could take Swayman. I oh, mean, yeah, if yeah. if I was Edmonton, I would call Boston. I say, you want Connor McDavid? Give me Pasta. Give me McAvoy. Give me Swayman. Give me Lysel, and give me 
two firsts. Okay, now hang on. If you're Don Sweeney, do you take that deal? Mm, no. <laughs> no? Okay. All right. Well, uh, okay. Right now, <laughs> right, I mean, that's, oh, no, 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 no. Because you would lose all your, uh, I don't know, dude. Because <laughs> well, you, you, you would lose your best defenseman and you would lose your best goal scorer. And this Bruins team is so good because of their depth, but you would be adding Connor McDavid. I don't that's know. Maybe the, I, pro- thing, I probably dude. would do it. No, I probably no, would do it. That's the thing. It's like, oh, like I'm going to give up all of these assets. And then like the it's like the devil and the angel on your shoulders. You're going to yeah. give up all these assets. And then the other one's like, yeah, but you're going to have McDavid. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right, too. But, like, I mean, honestly, at the same time, maybe this Edmonton team is showing you why you shouldn't do the trade. Because we would say, yeah, you're doing it because you're getting McDavid. Well, Edmonton's had McDavid. And what they haven't had is depth. And look what they've done. Yeah. As l- less than what the Bruins have done. And, I mean, you need depth. And I know what – who did I just say? Lorai. Did I include Lorai or was it just yeah, LaSalle? No, you, you – yeah, Lorai. Lorai and LaSalle have no impact on this team this year. But, I mean, losing – okay, if it was thinking in the small picture, mm-hmm. I would do the trade because then you would – I would trade Pasta and McAvoy for Connor McDavid. But I don't know. I think that's I think that's a trade that both teams say no to. <laughs> That honestly, I don't even know if that would work in NHL with trade mode mm-hmm. on easy. Well, he's he's like one of four players that have franchise trade value. <laughs> either way, the, yeah, I know, dude. But <laughs> either way, uh, Swayman got the start in that game. He made 22 saves on 24 shots. Um, the two goals that he gave up were to McDavid, to our point right there. Yeah. Um, First but, shot of the game. Hey, so yeah, so McDavid scored twice for them, and it was all depth scoring for the Bruins. No check. Uh, answered McDavid 13 seconds after his goal, um, followed up by a goal from Nick Foligno, and then Pavel Zaka with the second effort diving goal in the in the crease. That was oh, sick, dude. Yeah. That's something you can't knock Zaka for. You can't knock him for his effort. Like, yeah, yeah he he misses the net a lot, and he, you know, he seems to kind of get unlucky with posts, but it doesn't discourage him, and he just kind of grinds away. And then and then he gets goals like that. Like grind kind of goals. You know what's funny too is like immediately within 24 hours after the Bruins beat Edmonton, they made like three or four trades today. Yeah. <laughs> the army was out. I don't remember who they traded for a couple defensemen. Like they're making moves because they played the Bruins really well last night. But I remember one yeah, thing did. that stuck out to me because Edmonton is so talented, right? The whole thing leading up into the game is that they average the most goals per game. They have the most goals scored per game. Of course, they have the two-headed monster of McDavid and Drysaddle, which is ridiculous. Yeah, like, their power play must uh, – how is it not like setting records having Drysaddle and McDavid out there together? It's, well, it's ridiculous. It is It is ranked first in the league, but even with that firepower on it, like they should be scoring more, I think. They should, they re- they should be. Um, but there was a moment in the game last night in the third period when the Bruins had that five on three yep. and I'm pretty sure McDavid was out and it might've been like Yamamoto who played really well last night, by the way. Yep. Um, but it was a five on three and they were going back and forth. Like Edmonton had an odd man rush on a five on three and it's like, holy shit, these yep. guys are so fast and they're so talented. And uh, you can tell, man, they're 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 a, a defenseman away and a goalie away from being a real problem in the NHL. Well, that's the thing that I noticed the most last night is that the Bruins aren't the quickest team. They're definitely not the quickest team. So when Edmonton kind of had that second gear going consistently, the Bruins struggled to keep up with them. And if they had them locked into the offensive zone, then if Edmonton had the Bruins locked in, you know, in the Bruins zone, they 
struggled a little bit to clear the puck out, especially obviously with McDavid out there. Just that's kind of mainly what I'm talking about is when he's in there, just kind of whipping around the zone. That's where they struggled a bit to keep up with Edmonton. Mm, yeah. How'd you think Orlov looked last night? He was up on that top pairing with McAvoy. Dude, two assists. Um, he played solid. He actually, did you see him break up that McDavid pass with the kick? Yeah, with his with his kick. Yes, and yes. And the, yeah. And then and that that's against McDavid goal. too, like you just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. And that, um, that just shows like the difference between McAvoy being paired with Grizzlick and McAvoy being paired with a solid, reliable, well, I'm not saying Matt Grizzlick isn't reliable, but a solid defensive defenseman uh, in Orlov, a bigger guy. Yeah, what do you think they're going to be doing Moving forward, because Grizzly got the scratch this game. It was what Clifton the game before. I mean, what do you think? Playoffs start tomorrow. Who's your Who's your sixth defenseman that you're rolling with? I need to see them take Forbert out first, with uh, with you know Clifton and Grizzly and with Orlov as well. But the, I mean, you just saw them kind of shut down an Oilers team, which is like we just said, the fastest team in the league. Um, that heavy D pairing that you had. You know, what was it? Orlov, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, and Clifton Forbert? Yep. Yeah, that, that defensive lineup shut down one of the best offenses in the league. I don't know if you have that same result if you have Grizzlick, because Grizzlick isn't a physical guy, and he'll you see him get beat every now and then. Um, yeah. I, I, I really st- like the pairings from last night. I still think that, uh, the, what's the trade deadline, like three days or something? When is it? March Third. Yeah, it's, it's on Friday. Friday. Yeah. Um, I still think, and I don't have any sources. I don't have any inside information. I still think that Grizzly could be traded. He could be. It's definitely still, especially if you saw the way that they just played against Edmonton. You, you kind of got a little bit of, you know, confidence from that game out of your defense. Maybe. Uh, did you see what Luke Shen went for? Yeah, third. A third round pick. What is that? Does that does that bother you? Do you wish no. that Don Sweeney gave up a third for Luke Shen? No, because then you don't have Orlov and Hathaway. The thing that bothers me is just it, that he went to Toronto. That's part of it that bothers me. Yeah. But I thought for sure that he was. They were gonna. They were asking for a lot more than just third, because weren't wasn't Columbus was asking for like three firsts for Gabrikov or something yeah, stupid that, like that. That was never happening though. Which was ridiculous because then a report came out that Arizona was asking for a top prospect and a first or two firsts for Chikrin, yeah. and then it was like, well, then like. Who, what is anybody? Does anybody even know? <laughs> Does anybody yeah, know what anybody is worth? Yeah. So um, it's it's still interesting. Now, where do you think Chikrin is going to end up? Because I know he's been linked now to a couple of teams, and I haven't seen the Bruins mentioned with Chikrin anymore. No, I don't. I don't think he's coming to Boston. Um, I thought maybe Edmonton, but obviously they just went out and got Ekholm. Um, not Toronto. I don't really know. He he honestly might not even get moved at this point because because you've you've lowered his value so bad. If you just took you know who who is the other team, uh, us and LA, uh, remind me, yeah, LA. If that LA trade rumor was true with Brent Clark, a couple other guys, and a pick or two, I don't know. It looks kind of bad now. Now you might not even be able to move him. Yeah, what do you think? A little too long. Are you? Do you think the? Are you scared of the Rangers now that they added Patrick Kane today? That is a scary team. 
Dude, yeah. Tar- Tarasenko, Panarin's, Benajad, Kane, Fox. Yeah, that they, you want to talk about an insane power play? Holy yeah, shit, dude. Exactly. The Rangers are a good team, and Shesterkin's starting to heat up a little bit. Keandre um, spitting on people. Yeah, they got the fire back at him. Jacob Truba <laughs> actually has been nasty. Yeah, um, he's been laying people out this year too. Yeah, well, because they were struggling early in the year. And I remember people were talking like, oh, this team's fake. This team, you know, fraud team. And there was a clip that went kind of viral of Truba throwing his helmet like down the ice. And people were making fun of him. Yeah. But ever since then, they have been on a tear. So that probably woke them up a little bit. And you're seeing that now. Kreider, too. We didn't even mention Kreider. Yeah. I, uh, how is Kreider doing this year? I know he like randomly popped off and had like 50 goals last year. Dude, I swear. I see, he finally stopped winning off sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See what happens when he stays on sides. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure like 80% of the go- those goals were like rebounds right in front of the net too. Like You know how hilarious. funny it would have been if Chris Crowder got traded this year? After every single year in his career, they've been saying Chris Crowder's getting traded. Crowder's getting traded. This is the only viable player we have. Crowder's getting traded. And now the Rangers are like making moves at the deadline. They're fighting to get a, a high seed in the playoffs. They would trade Chris Kreider. He has 25 goals, 17 points, 42 points in 57 games this year. Sorry, 17 assists, 42 points in 57 games this year. This is after his career high <laughs> was <laughs> his career high was 28 goals. Uh, the second most amount of goals he had in the season was 24. And then uh, last year, he stopped going off sides and scored 52 goals, literally out of nowhere. It makes no sense, dude. He's never acted, by the way, from Boxford, Mass. So I'm surprised Swinney hasn't been all over this guy, but literally out of nowhere, just a 50-goal score. But um, I think I tweeted back at it at you. Um, That's a a really good pickup for the Rangers to add Patrick Kane. I tweeted tweeted it today. He has, uh, I think it was seven goals in his last four games and like uh, like 12 points his last four, something like that, obviously before the trade. But I'm so happy that he didn't go to Carolina. Could you imagine if Carolina added Patrick Kane? That would have been a problem. But a top line with Panarin and Kane on on the wings. Oh, it's a bandage out of the middle. But dude, that's (laughs) that's the thing, though is that you could very well see the Rangers in the conference finals too. And Patrick their Kane team is just as scary. Yeah, yeah, their team dude. is just as scary. They um, have the goalie too. Yeah, they got the goalie, they got the defense, and they got a deep forward group. And, yeah. oh my God, that would be an insane series. They uh, Right now, though, uh, I did notice, uh, I believe it would be Toronto and Tampa in the first round, which honestly might go down as the greatest playoff first round series I've ever seen in my entire life. Like yeah. that would be insane. And that would be nice too. I mean, I don't know how the playoffs shake up. I mean, there's still, you know, 20 something, almost 30 games left. So obviously the seating we have right now, it, it probably won't be the same at the end of the year, but if the Bruins were to face one of those two teams in the second round, you'd have to think they would have a lot easier time getting past them after they just beat the shit out of each other. Cause you would have to think that's a series that's going to go to seven games. Yeah. And you would have to think that Tampa's going to win it too because it's Toronto and the playoffs and they they haven't seen the second round since I was in diapers before then, probably. Dude, it's it's ah, playoff nerves are starting to come because we're talking about these potential matchups that are probably going to happen. Like you're thinking about a seven games, potential seven game series against the Tampa Bay Lightning who have been on fire lately. Um, Vasilevsky looks like Vasilevsky again. Um, obviously the guys like Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, uh, Sergachev, Hedman, they're all still there. That 
that's not a guaranteed win. There are there. What I'm trying to say is that there are no guaranteed series wins in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is a juggernaut, a literal juggernaut. It's it's an actual arms race going on in the Atlantic and the Metropolitan right now. All these teams are doing everything they can. They the poor Western Conference. I almost feel bad for them. They have like three stars left. Everybody came to the East Coast, and um, I don't know (laughs) if you can find somewhere if you can place a bet on uh, the winner of the Stanley Cup Finals. No team, but East or West. I mean, pull all the money out of your house. Take the deed to your house. Put all your mortgage on the on the Eastern Conference team winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Because holy shit, I mean, looking at the standings right now, Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, Tampa, Rangers, Islanders, Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm going to remove Toronto from this just because they're Toronto. But ideally, I mean, there's six teams there I could legitimately see hoisting the Stanley Cup at the end of the year. And you can never yeah. count out Pittsburgh. I mean, that's the seeding right now for the playoffs. Is it, I know, is it still weird for the NHL? Do they do one, one, eight, two, seven? Yeah, yeah, they do. They well, no, All they right, go. Then, okay, so the first, the first place team in each division plays the wild card team. So right now, um, let me see here really quick while I pull up the standings, just to kind of oh so lay like, it out right. So okay, so okay, so the Bruins right now have ninety seven points. They're leading the Atlantic. Leading the Metropolitan is Carolina, eighty six points. So the Bruins have a higher point percentage, obviously, than Carolina. So they would play the last wild card team, which right now is Pittsburgh. And Carolina would play this, the first wild card team, and that's the Islanders. And then second and third place in the division play each other. That's how the first round matches up. So, so Boston, Pittsburgh, Carolina, yep. Islanders, yep. New Jersey, and the Rangers. Yep. And then Toronto and Tampa. Those dude, those two dude. in the first round, those two matchups. Sick. Oh my god! And that could still change because New Jersey is only three points back of Carolina. Dude, look at the and I hope the wild card. Look at the wild card race: Buffalo and Detroit. Oh my right, God! Florida right too, and Washington. Yeah, Washington, and- the 12 seed, 64 points. Florida, the 11 seed, 64. Detroit, the 10 seed, 64. Buffalo, the 9 seed, 66. And you got Pittsburgh in the 8 seed with 67, and the Islanders at 69. Only Dude, five and- points separating the 7 seed and the 12 seed. Not and and you can even put Ottawa in there. I mean, they got games on hand on teams like Washington, Florida, and. Um, and the Islanders, and they're only uh, three points back of that last wild card spot. That's holy shit. And then uh, the West, I don't even care about the West. I mean, it doesn't no. matter anyways in the grand scheme of things. The, they're not dude, going anywhere. Hang on, hang on a minute. Just to put it into perspective, um, there are one, two, three, there are four teams in the Eastern Conference as a whole with 80 points or higher. In the West, there are zero. The highest is 76. Yeah, it, Vegas, if Vegas, Vegas has the best record in the Western Conference, 35 and 19. If they were in the East, they would be the seventh seed. Yep. Terrible. Holy the West sucks. shit. They the have West one point less than the Rangers, which is the sixth seed. That is crazy. And now we're purging all their players. Yeah, like if if they didn't sign over to the East as a free agent, then they just got traded over here. Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, the Bruins are now four goals away from a triple-digit goal differential. I've been watching that all year. We got to hit that. And it, Oh, my God. They finally did it. The Bruins. The Bruins, plus 96. Anaheim, minus 96. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Who's going to hit 100 first? 
If you, it, if might, you be, missed, it might be the ducks, honestly. They it, it actually, it might be. If you missed, um, you know, maybe the last couple episodes, we just we spent like two or three episodes shitting on the ducks pretty solid. So that's <laughs> mostly Trevor Zegers, but yeah, mostly included in that. Um, yeah. Who now? If okay, if you could pick one team to get Connor Bedard, who do you want it to be? It looks like right now Chicago and Anaheim have forty-seven points. San Jose is forty-eight. Arizona forty-nine. Columbus 44. Those are probably your five teams that are the most realistic chances. Who do I want? Yeah. Um, I don't want him to go to, I really don't want him to go to Arizona. That's, I don't either. I, I just they don't, don't deserve him. Mm, I don't want him to go to Anaheim. It would be a lot of fun seeing him in Chicago. Yeah. Chicago would be pretty cool. But who would he play with? Like, like, if nobody. They still had, <laughs> had Debrinket. If they still had Kirby Doc. Panarin, yeah, Kirby Doc, I guess <laughs> they're a disaster right now. Um, isn't Kirby Doc in Montreal right now? Yeah, he is. Yep, you they know, got rid of cool. everybody. They got rid I of would, everybody. I know they really want Bedard, and it would be really <laughs> yeah. funny if, if they did all this and had like the second pick and didn't get him. <laughs> um, I would, I would love to see Bedard play in the Pacific because I want to see him go head to head with Connor McDavid for years to come. That would be fun. That this is a guy. Do you think he's ever gonna, um, come close to what McDavid is? No. Uh, no. No. He'll definitely remember, be a 100 point guy, but he won't be what McDavid's, you know, projected at right now at like 150. No but way. to be fair, did anybody project McDavid to be a 150 guy? I mean, Maybe. I know he was McJesus, but I mean, this is a historic 65 goals and he has even more assists than that. Um I remember I was listening to an episode of Spitting Chicklets like a month and a half ago when they had Dylan Gunther on, and he was yeah. talking about you know playing in the uh, World Juniors or whatever with uh, Connor Bedard, and uh, I don't remember if it was Biz who was talking to guys in the know, like guys in the NHL, or if it was Dylan Gunther who said he was talking to guys in the NHL, but they, whoever it was, they felt like. Connor Bedard at age 17 could step into the NHL right now and be a point per game player, which is, which is like ridiculous. I mean, he's, well, he's like 5'10, 140 pounds. <laughs> yeah, dude. In the old NHL, no way. But in this NHL where skill is more dominant than physicality, he probably could, to be honest. Yeah. With you. And you know who, um, I don't think we've talked about him enough on this show, but you know who's really turned himself into the player after a couple of disappointing seasons? It's Jack Hughes. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. He was taken first overall, obviously an American guy. You hope he does well. And I'm still convinced that Gary Bettman doesn't let NHL players go to the Olympics anymore because now America is good. Yeah. Um, and, Maybe. you know, his his first year, I mean, Jack Hughes, 21 points in 61 games, 31 points in 56 games, 56 and 49. You're like, ah, oh, maybe he's turning around. He's exploded this year. 36 goals and 74 points in 55 games. It's a fun time to be a fan of a team in the East because you're going to see some good hockey almost every single night, whoever your team is playing, unless it's like Montreal or Columbus. But Yeah. And I would even put Montreal being entertaining. Columbus is just a pile of shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, we're probably about halfway through the show right now. So I want to remind everybody that the show is brought to you by Cano Wellness. Cano Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can of sleep, can of mend, can of fresh, and can of boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way 
to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Canna Wellness Company to support high performance. Let's talk about each product. Canna Boost allows you to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you need increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canna Mend provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canna Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you tired or unmotivated. I'm back. Can of sleep. This all natural and vegan sleep aid is convenient and fast absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray it, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage and how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all natural oral sprays, please go to cannawellness.com. That is C A N I wellness.com and use our promo code BNG25. That is B N G25 to get 25% off everything on the cannawellness.com website. We thank Ken Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Sully, thank you for covering me while I ran to the bathroom and back to you. <laughs> Dude, I thought I was going to pass out. That's so much reading. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because whenever I have to find the, uh, the copy for the ad read, I have to scroll through all of our pictures to find it because you sent it through me through text and I always have to try to not laugh in front of my microphone because some of the pictures that we sent back and forth oh, to each other are hilarious. That's how you get the pictures up so quick. Yeah, you're always yeah. putting them into the camera and I'm always like laughing halfway <laughs> through the, the ad read. Um, um, should we break into the questions? I think we should do voicemails. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, damn it, I don't remember who it was, but I tweeted about somebody... Never mind, not Bruins related. Quick thing, if you're a Red Sox fan, I tweeted about uh, Raphael looking just like Boogie Betts and his girlfriend, wife, whoever it is, liked my tweet. So Hey, Adam boy. Famous. All right, here Famous. are the voicemails. If you remember, <laughs> last week we received four voicemails from our friend in West Virginia who was having trouble watching Nesson. Um, we've done everything we can. We've mm -hmm. tried to talk to Mr. JJ, the governor down there in West Virginia about getting you Nesson, but so far he has not returned her emails. Um, I, wrote I, don't know him, the, I wrote him a really strongly worded letter too. Yeah. I don't know what the next, what the next step is. Maybe finding some sort of uh, witch or wizard to cast a spell <laughs> on him. That could work. But he called again this week and left another three, three voicemails. So oh, yeah. let's listen to what he said. I think this first voicemail is from the Bruins game against Vancouver when Olmark scored. Just to preface. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Shit, hang on. <laughs> Holy fuck. Linus Olmark just scored a fucking goal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. Forget the Vezza, dude. Give this guy the heart and the rocket, too. Dude, I bet wait, you give I, him the Bill Masterson. He's probably got some good sportsmanship, too. I think that's the oh, for sure. trophy. Um, but just videos like that, or not videos, voicemails like that with like live reactions, like that was hilarious. That was dude, awesome. So funny. Oh my god. I, yeah, so- I it, our friend in West Virginia probably sounded exactly like everybody else that exact same moment when Olmark scored. Yeah, dude. I was literally I, I said this, but I was at um this bar in our, our hometown, Funky Murphy's. And when, when, or no, 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 never mind. I'm sorry. That was a different moment. I'm going to cut that. But, um, <laughs> um, wait, what were we talking about before that shit? <laughs> we just all more scoring. And I um, said, I said, we all probably react the same way this kid did when Olmark scored. Oh yeah. No, we a hundred percent did. I mean, I was hyped, dude. I, you, you never see goalie goals, let alone a a goalie goal for your favorite team or the team that you root for and watch every single night. Like yeah. that's sick. And for a goalie who's having one of the best seasons of all time to also cap it off with a goal. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, what can't this guy do next thing you know, he's going to be out there killing penalties. I mean, Literally. what does he have to do? He's stopping goals. Well, he, he's scoring he goals. He kind of does kill penalties. He might be Honestly, our best penalty killer. <laughs> <laughs> Next time Bruins get a penalty, everybody just take a breather. Just leave yeah. Omar out there five on zero. He'll be fine. Don't even worry yeah. about it, dude. But you know um, for for everybody listening too, if you if something happens during a game and you're freaking out about it, call the line first, and we'll play. We'll have a segment at the end if we get enough, and we'll just put them all in order, and yeah. it'll be sick. So if you if you if you're watching the game and you see a moment and you're hyped or whatever or you're pissed, call the line and then uh. Leave us a voicemail just like that one. That was awesome. Yeah. He left us two more. Here is the second of the three. Hang on. I'm trying to switch this thing over to speakerphone. There we go. Okay. Might be a ridiculous question. So let's say Lyle Stonemark ends up winning the Vezina this year, wins like 45 games, uh, scores a goal this year, and then the Bees end up winning the Cup. Is that enough to put his number up in the rafters with the guard and the brace? That's just Craig Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Linus, Linus Allmark's the going to be right next to Smith. Right next to Raptors. R.I.P. Raptors, by the way. But sorry. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. Allmark and Smith are going to be right next to each other. But in, in all seriousness, if Allmark can help lead this team to a cup, and he continues to kind of obviously not win a cup every year, but if he can dominate and and play up to a similar standard that he's shown this year for, I don't know, four or five years, that conversation is definitely one that can be had. I don't know, man. I mean, you pretty much just described Tim Thomas. His numbers aren't tired. Yeah. He didn't score, though. I'll give him that. He, he never scored a goal. Yeah, he never scored a goal. <laughs> I mean, when um, when – that's a slippery slope with Tim Thomas's is. number getting retired. Obviously. I mean, he had one of the hottest stretches I've ever seen a goalie have, but it was so short lived. Right. I right. mean, he was, he was on the Bruins for like, was it like seven or eight years? I mean, he was on this team right after Raycroft was traded. He's been here for a while, but he really didn't become the full-time starter and he didn't become the Tim Thomas that we know until like what, 2008 or something like that. And then yep. like after they won the cup, he had like one more year here. If that, I don't know I don't have his numbers in front of me, but um, I mean, I felt like what he did at the time was enough to get his number retired. I mean, his, his name is on the history books for that 
his 2011 season alone, he's won a Vesna, he's won a cup. And then when they didn't retire his number, I was like, well, I don't really know what you have to do. Maybe you have to play here long enough and have a, um, uh, the success that Tim Thomas had for like a decade and that we had Tuka Rask who had a lot of success, as much success as a goalie could practically have for 10 years. So we'll see, see if Rask gets his number retired. But if if Tuka, if Tim Thomas didn't get his number retired and if Tuka Rask doesn't get his number retired, Linus Omark's got to become a 30-goal scorer in addition yeah. to having a sub 2.0 goals against average in order for him to get his number retired. That's a fair point. I think the I think the main reason, and I know we've talked about this before, um, but I think the main reason Tuca hasn't been really brought up in that conversation too much is because he never won a Stanley Cup the way that Tim Thomas did. He he won the Stanley Cup in 2011. He was a Stanley Cup champion, but he wasn't the main guy to drive that team to the cup. He had plenty of chances, but it never got done. And that's not solely on him. That's on the team around him and him as well. But for people to... to single-handedly blame Tuca for those seasons or those lost cups. They're just not on the right side of the fence in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if, if Tuca Rask, and I don't want this to turn into a Tuca Rask discussion. We're still talking yeah. about Lena Selmark, but yeah. if Tuca Rask doesn't get his number retired by the Bruins, I don't know what you have to do. Like mm-hmm. I don't, they're never going to retire a goalie's number because he's yeah. done everything. Um, except I guess for be the starting, I don't guess. Okay. He's done everything except for being the starting goalie of a team that won a Stanley cup. I'll give you that. He's got a ring. He's got a Vesna. He led the team to two Stanley cups. He was the most dominant, one of the most dominant goalies in an era where we, where we saw like five or six different hall of fame goalies sprinkle around the league. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Linus Omark though. Uh, listen, if they had a, a, a a one-year Hall of Fame banner, he would be mm-hmm. right next to Craig Smith. I would even <laughs> argue that they would they would they would hang Linus Omark's number just a little higher than Craig Smith, which is high <laughs> high praise for our guy Rafters, who's yeah, unfortunately is. now slumming it up in Washington. <laughs> yeah, his nickname is Rafters, so just the fact that Omark's banner would be a bit higher just speaks on how good Allmark is. How long do you think it takes for Washington to retire Craig Smith? Who's, whose number gets retired first? Craig Smith or Ovechkin? Well, first of all, well, first of all, <laughs> uh, Craig Smith's number 12 should be retired league-wide. It should Across just be a, yeah, it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a one-team thing. I mean, it's synonymous. Yeah, I mean, you, 99, who do you automatically think of when you think of 99? <sighs> who's that one guy that pops up in your head? Uh, Gretzky. It had to be. It, ha- it has to be Gretz. Has to be now, Gretzky. Now, now, this one might even be a little quicker. Who's who's who wears number twelve? Craig Smith. Oh, in- instantly. It's it's, in my mind. Yeah, he's that number is just synonymous with Craig. So I mean, yeah, just the fact alone, right there. It's even cross sport too. I remember in an interview once they asked Tom Brady why he was wearing twelve, and uh, I believe Peyton Manning was in the same interview, and they both said, "Listen, I know he's like, you know." <laughs> six years old right now but this guy craig smith man someday he's gonna wear 12 for the black and gold and you're gonna see why we're wearing number 12 now and he started a whole thing and because of that you're gonna see 12 hanging up in the rafters with lena Omark, and you're gonna see uh washington is probably gonna host his retirement ceremony before they host ovechkin's that's just yeah. the kind of player he is um all right this is the last voicemail from our friend in west virginia let me oh gosh what did i do oh i got it <laughs> On my way to work in good old Pittsburgh, PA. Um, if the season ended today, the Bruins would play Pittsburgh in the first round, which would be sick for me because I can go see the bees in the playoffs. But 
first round? Goobies. That's a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna give two answers. Okay. Um, first, uh, I have a couple man. in my mind right away. First, I'm gonna say the Islanders because okay. I think that of the teams in the playoff picture right now in Boston and in, in the NHL right now in the East one through eight, I'm least scared of the, of the Islanders. I know they have a two more points than Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has Malkin and Crosby and they will always have them playoff monsters, three cups. So realistically, I would like to play the Islanders. Cause I think that the Bruins have the best chance of beating them out of any team in the East. But, but as a fan of hockey, man, I want Toronto. Oh my God. I want to, I want to keep doing what the Bruins have been doing and just, shitting on the hopes and dreams of every person in the six because they've been watching their Toronto Maple Leafs fail to get past the Boston Bruins since, uh, what, 2010? Probably yeah. before that. And uh, until Toronto can add every player in the NHL, they can get McDavid. They could have a line of McDavid, uh, whoever, the Jesus Christ, and Gandhi. And they still won't be able to get past the Bruins. And like until they're able to beat the Bruins, I will never consider them uh, a real threat in the East, and I would like to continue that tread. And although Toronto did make some good improvements with the trade deadline, but that's beyond the point. Um, realistically, I would like to play the Islanders, but the fun part of me, give me Toronto. Jesus, God, he would suck at hockey. Yeah, um, he would. He, I don't know, dude. He he's like what? He might, actually, five one. He's yeah, chopping he ankles. Be, he has crazy stamina. He yeah, he does, dude. He might be like a little Johnny Gaudreau. Who no, knows? he could but, be a little little clap bombs from the point. He, yeah, dude. All the way from Bombay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, so for me, I mean, personally, I don't even think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. Um, Pittsburgh, maybe. I'm thinking Buffalo gets in and Pittsburgh gets in. And I think you would have an easier time with Buffalo, although they do scare me because their offense is crazy. But it would be entertaining. Buffalo deserves a playoff hockey team. Their fans are nuts. Um, and plus, hockey's better when Buffalo is a you know a good successful team. But I think you would beat Pittsburgh. I think you'd beat Buffalo. I mean, I, I know you'd beat Buffalo. It would probably be six though. Um, probably those two teams, in in my estimation. But yeah. the, also, the fun part of me says Toronto as well. Mm. I'm telling you though, that Toronto and Tampa series is going to be so much fun if everything holds up, and uh, I pray it does because that would be really big for any team in the East not having to. I mean, all kidding aside, with Toronto, that would be really big for any team in the East not having to face both of those teams for their quest for the Stanley Cup, having one of them knocked out in the first round. That's big time. Yeah. Um. All right, we have another voicemail. This was today around four thirty. <laughs> Hi, I'm calling because I actually just listened to my first episode of Yale's podcast and I died laughing at the um, the origin of Growl's Twitter account, so I had to look them up immediately. Um, <laughs> it turns out they also like to comment on Shakira's Twitter account, hashtag go Bruins, hashtag just don't lie, which I found hilarious. <laughs> um, I thought you need to know. Secondly, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but... Uh, when Brad was being trolly about the uh, All-Star game and how people were going to boycott, blah, 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 uh, a particular Oilers fan uh, started yeah. tweeting at Brad and saying, you know, just crappy things in general, but then 
Uh, of course, when we beat the Oilers last night, he got really butthurt about it. I found that to be hilarious. So if y'all haven't checked that out, um, very funny. His handle is, I want to say, Oilers Analyst. Something along those lines. Okay, well, there's about 20 seconds left in her voicemail, but I got cut off. But um, yeah, did that person now the person who always hashtags all those people? Did he have any? Did he have any new tweets since our since our last episode? Dude, okay, everybody just needs to listen. To me really <laughs> this, I was texting Mel about it. I text some of my friends about it. It's I look I look forward to this this reply to my tweet every single morning like as soon as it comes up it's it's hilarious so i whenever there's a bruins game day i'll just put out like wake up it's bruins game day whatever and this person originator of growl he replies to the tweet and he always tags the most out of you know out of left field people and but one cons- constant is Shakira, and he has the hashtag hips don't lie hashtag NHL Bruins, and it's on. It's so funny, and I wanted to take off so bad. Um, but outside of just Shakira, he also tags like I'll I'll find some here. Hang on a second. I, I'm not kidding you. I look forward to this every morning. It's the funny <laughs> every single time. Um, today it was the or for tonight's game. Against, I think it's Calgary, right? Yeah. For tonight's game against Calgary, he tagged Shakira and he had a hashtag renamed Canada Boston North. Um, for another one, he tagged Shakira, Heinz <laughs> uh, Ketchup. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, another one. I know he tagged Joe Biden in one. Oh, when we were playing Edmonton, <laughs> when we were playing Edmonton he tagged uh, at Edmonton Police. He tagged <laughs> University of Kentucky basketball player Clarence Jones, <laughs> and he's always replying with like pictures of Shakira with the hashtag hips don't lie. It's the oh my funniest God. thing in the world, dude. We gotta get that person to call in and leave a voicemail. I want to. I want to oh hear what goes God. through his head when he's coming up with these guys. But yeah. um, wait, actually, wait, second- actually, if you're listening to the show right now. Call the voicemail line and tell us your thought process of, of how you tag people, who you pick, and why um, you think Shakira has not responded to any of the tweets because she should be on this wagon with us. It's amazing. Ever since ever since we mentioned him last episode, I'll go back and I'll see if he's tweeted anything, if he's hashtagged anybody new in his, in his game day posts. But uh, the second part of that caller's uh, voicemail was what we were highlighting before about uh, – our, our friend from Edmonton, who I was so fired up to watch that game last night for a couple reasons. It was a national game. The Bruins only play Edmonton twice a year. I get to see McDavid and Drysaddle, but like the biggest part of me, I wanted the Bruins to win so badly just because of what this Oilers fan was saying, like yeah. all week leading up to the game. It, it like he created a little bit of a rivalry and he was saying he a lot of a lot of stupid shit, but what we were talking about before it all started when there was an update. Um, uh, Puck Empire on Instagram posted a graphic saying Seattle, Detroit, and Edmonton seem to be the front runners to host a 2025 NHL All Star Game. Brad Marchand commented on that post and said, "LOL, can't wait to see how many guys boycott that game." Somebody took a screenshot of Brad Marchand's comment on that post and said, Brad is back at it. Brad Marchand then quote tweeted that and said, I mean, it's true. 
this other guy said, not like you'll be making it anyways. And Brad Marchand said, I hope not if it's in one of those places. This Oilers fan found that tweet <laughs> and he decided to like just make his whole day his whole week all about Brad Marchand. He, he called Marchand a diva. He said, go put on your nail polish and lipstick. Alberta is too tough for little Brad. Then Brad Marchand replied to that kid's tweet and said, let's put it this way. No one's taken less to stay there. And then the Oilers guy said, this little rat doesn't know his facts. Several players on the Oilers took less. Your bum ass has 17 goals at 6 million. Doesn't look like you took less for Boston. Then his whole Twitter persona just changed. He tweeted the picture of Marshan crying when the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup. He said, um, Boston Bruins fans really think a team that's on the brink of being a retirement home is going to get it done come playoffs. I'll be the first to tell all you mouth breathers that it's not going to happen. And then he, then he had a screenshot comparing the top five point leaders on the Oilers to the top five point leaders on the Bruins, said this is basically elite versus good, not even close to Oilers level. Like, has the guy not turned on NHL Network in the last six months to look at the, the standings? The, the, Bruins Bruins are, the Bruins are literally on pace to be the best team of all. Yeah, he kept <laughs> going. He said, what's black and yellow and goes down the toilet faster than liquid plumber? The Boston Bruins come playoffs. Then he said, Boston Bruins are going to be First in the league for nothing. It's going to be hilarious to see such a good regular season go to waste. Oilers will make a deeper playoff run. I can promise you that. Then he said, Brad Marchand is a human version of a rat. These are all different tweets. Brad Marchand is a human version of a rat. So it makes sense that he lives in rat-infested Boston. You'll find him in the sewers. Then he tweeted a picture of Brad Marchand's head photoshopped number one's cheerleader and said, Brad Marchand's going to be calling the Oilers daddy after Monday. Then he tweeted, my analytic charts tell me that the Boston Bruins are going to get a train ran on them come playoffs. It's going to be one ugly effing uh he went on to talk about uh david posternock he went on oh, to uh, so basically this guy's just a clown he's this a, guy is just a clown, clown. Yeah. and uh everybody like every every bruins fan from every corner of the country every corner of the world came to the <laughs> this guy's Twitter profile last night and was just sending shit at him calling him out for I, all of his shitty takes I, and all of his shitty tweets I know for sure West Virginia was on the front lines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got us, baby. That was awesome. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the Bruins only play them twice a year, so we won't be able to see that Twitter rivalry we live on for, Dude, for much more much more games this hey, year. We meet up with them in the Cup. It's it's oh, Bruins fans God. versus him. It's him versus oh, all of God. Boston. We had one more voicemail. This is from uh, – looks like this one's from Lauren, the show mascot. You can follow her on Twitter at – Big Bruins energy. Oh, hang on, wait, wait. Shout out to her for winning uh Derek Forbert stick too. That's sick. Yeah. If listen, if anybody was gonna win that damn stick, it was her. Yeah. Uh, she okay. was gonna kill anybody that got in her way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh damn it. Exit out of it. Hang on. Hey Michael. Hey Michael Mel, it's Lauren. <laughs> Mascot. I was wondering what y'all think about that cane trade to the Rangers. Are they super dangerous now for us, or are we still bringing that cup home? Okay, bye. Uh, the Bruins is still better, but it's a really, really good pickup for the Rangers. I think, honest, I'm 100% being honest right now. If you meet them in a series, that series is going to go seven, and that game seven is a coin flip, an absolute coin flip. Really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. especially in the playoffs. I mean, Pat Kane is a playoff monster. Former Smith winner. Am I am I wrong, or did the Rangers make the conference finals last year? I'm pretty sure they did. I believe you're right. Because they played Tampa. 
I'm double checking. Yeah, I'm I'm 99 certain because I had uh, money on them to win the cup at the beginning of the year, and so I was really hyped. And then t- you know Tampa came rolling in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. By the way, uh, if you live in Massachusetts and you use what is it, FanDuel or DraftKings, mobile betting starts next month, baby. We can bet on the NHL Let's playoffs. In this. I'm not condoning betting. You I am. take your own risk. No, I am as well. Actually, go for it. <laughs> and if you and if you lose big on a bet, don't forget it's always the next one that you'll win. Keep going. <laughs> Man, this is great life advice. Brain lose bank accounts, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is bound to hit. You can never win if you don't bet. Exactly. You miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's true. Michael Scott. Oh, um, Smith. That- <laughs> Rafters. <laughs> That's it for uh voicemails for this week. Um, I know we did get some DMs, right? Yeah, I got one right here. This is from... We can start with this one. This is from Jason... What's I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name. Follow him on Twitter. He watches the live show on Monday. I'm pretty sure it's Jason Larade. Pretty sure it's Jason Larade. You can follow him on Twitter at caper underscore J. What's up, Jason? He said... At what point do you start to worry about the power play? And should they try someone different mm. at the point like Orlov? Well, they were over five last night on the power play. So does that mean to have a good penalty kill? I don't even know. No. Uh. We our CRPK is ranked number one. Pretty sure Edmonton is somewhere in the uh in the middle of the pack, but that's the only real criticism of this team this year is that the power play doesn't really seem to capitalize too often. Yeah. I mean, if, if they, and despite that, they have the historic amount of wins. They have uh, guys who are having career years all over the point. Didn't even talk about Pavel Zaka, by the way, congrats for a new career high in points. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem to matter that much that their power play isn't working, but obviously, you know, come playoff time and in the dog days of the regular season, uh, you're going to have to take advantage of those, of those uh, man up situations. But I do like the idea of throwing Orlov out there on the point. What do you think about that? I I like that. Um, Gives you another option, but even, even as bad as the power play has been recently, the Bruins are still ranked eighth in the league um, in terms of power. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second. The Bruins are ranked fourth in the league in power play percentage, actually. Um, really? 11.25%. Um, they're behind only Edmonton, Seattle, and Buffalo. Buffalo now has the number one ranked power play. Mm, no, that can't be that can't be right. 100 percent Are you sure it's not double double check it for me? But I'm 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 99% sure because think it, about it. I mean, Buffalo has the most goals in the league. They're yeah, no, just, but I, I, no, every, there's, there's like a hand. Everybody has over 20% pretty much. I thought power play percentage. Would you just say the Bruins are fourth with 11%? Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no way that's right. <laughs> what am I looking at right now? <laughs> I have no idea because the Edmonton Oilers have the highest power play percentage at about 32%. The Bruins oh, are one, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth with 23.3%. What the hell was I looking at? I have no idea. Maybe wow, sorry, the uh, UCLA Bruins. Sorry, everybody. Uh, field, field hockey team. <laughs> I'm I'm blocking that website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. The, the Bruins are eighth with uh, 23.27%. And that's after a big offer last night. Offer five on the power play, like you just mentioned. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you think that adding Dmitry Orlov to the point would, would be that big of a, of a difference? 
I mean, it could be the way you're seeing him roll right now. You're not seeing um, success too often. If you can throw in a bigger guy like Orlov, not even just a bigger guy, but just a, a new mindset, maybe on that power play, try it out and practice a little bit, see how it looks. And then if it looks okay, it doesn't even have to look good. If it just looks functional, throw him out there during a the game and see what, what happens. Cause um, yeah. right now you're not really scoring too much on the power play recently. And if you can throw Orlov into that and it just shakes things up a little bit, it would not hurt to try. Yeah. Well, I know I mentioned before about uh, Edmonton's power play that, you know, they should be uh, really good and they are really good. Tampa (laughs) Bay has a second highest power play percentage at 25.74. Just to put that in reference, um, they have 25.74 and Vegas is like, 21st and they have 20.92 so back to the top tampa bay second best power play 25.74 edmonton number one at 31.9 so you're talking over six percent higher than the team in second so they are uh almost an automatic goal it seems like to at least get one power play goal a game yeah that that's is pretty that crazy. mcdavid factor yeah, and then he had a shorty last night. So they're just yep. special team warriors over there at Edmonton. Yeah. We had another DM from Brandon Flowers. You can follow him on Twitter at BKFlowers1. Oh, from Montreal, Quebec. Nice. Um, wow, behind enemy lines, huh? Poor yeah. guy. He said, hey, guys, love the pod, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, I was wondering, do you guys think the Bruins need to add maybe one more depth piece before the trade deadline with the way the Leafs, etc., are loading up? Or do you think this Bruins team can contend the way it is? I don't know. I mean, I think that they just added their depth pieces, right? I love the addition yeah. of Orlov and Garnet Hathaway is a great addition as well. But um, it's always how much it's going to cost. I mean, if you can even get a little more insurance, maybe an extra winger, um, you know, before the trade deadline passes and it doesn't cost very much, go for it. But, you know, I don't think that they have to add a Chikrin. Seems like they're out on those on those sweepstakes, anyways. They didn't yeah. have to add a Patrick Kane, um, and and depth definitely helps because you never know who's going to get injured. I mean, they've had a handful of injuries this year. I mean, tomorrow they could have, you know, two or three guys go down, and now you're thinking, oh shit, or or the the day after the trade deadline they could have a couple guys go down. You're thinking, oh shit, so might as well load up right now. Yeah, well, see, the one thing is too, you added Orlov and Hathaway that instantly made your team better. It made you got. The two things that you needed, you need a uh, bottom six forward, physical guy in Garnet Hathaway. That's somebody you were targeting at the deadline. And you got a left shot, left-handed defenseman to play with McAvoy and Orlov, um, which is the other thing you were targeting for the deadline. And you didn't have to give up any top prospects. You didn't lose Lysel. You didn't lose Lorai. Um, so you're not going to make any moves now where those two would be involved. So I think you're just going for depth. You're just going for depth. Get insurance, guys. Um Spots, I guess you could upgrade. You you don't want to lose Noshek. He's too valuable on the PK. Um, I guess you could upgrade on AJ Greer, but at the same time, he's he's kind of your extra guy right now as it is. So you would just be upgrading your insurance, essentially. Yeah. Just call Geico. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I think uh they don't have, I don't think they have to make a single move. At the, yeah. between now and the trade deadline. It would be cool because, you know, it's always exciting to see your team make a big a big splash. But uh, they're the best team in the league by quite a bit. And uh, yep. they're also one of the best teams in the history of the game. Uh, so, you know, they don't have to do anything major. But, you know, depth pieces, sure, why not? But don't overpay because, uh, uh, first of all, 
I don't know if you saw the tweet that I had today about um, uh, Tampa Bay, their trade for uh, what's his name? Janot. Oh, Janot. Janot. So, okay. My tweet was this. Did the Lightning overpay or did the Blackhawks undersell? The Lightning sent Cal Foot a first, second, third, fourth, and fifth to Nashville for Tanner Janot. The Blackhawks received a first, two seconds, a third, and a fourth for Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett. What the hell? <laughs> the um, Lightning gave up more for Janot than the Blackhawks received for Kane and DeBrinkett combined. Yeah, no, I don't think Chicago undersold. I think Tampa fucking paid up the ass for, for a bottom <laughs> yeah, six guy. <laughs> uh, maybe this whole time their GM actually has no idea what he's been doing. He's just been getting very lucky. <laughs> uh, if that's what we can get for essentially Trent Frederick, I'm sorry, Trent Frederick, but I'll take <laughs> I'll take that haul over you, and I love you. But oh my god, what like I understand Tampa needs that into their lineup. But you just you just gave up so much for a guy who might play like eight minutes, nine minutes a night for you. Yeah, I mean, and, I and know he's, he's, he's not an offensive producer either. He's literally just a guy who goes out there and hits people. <laughs> I mean, I know last year he's 25. He had 25 goals, 24 yeah. goals last year. Well, but look this, this year, year, 56 games, five goals, nine assists, 14 points in 56 games. I mean, he's he's playing men's league. He's just he's just getting a workout in when he goes out there on the ice practically. And they gave up four picks for him. This might be one of the worst trades of all time. <laughs> it, it, it honestly might go down as one of the worst trades of all time, especially when you got. I mean, you're playing Toronto in the first round. I know we, we make jokes and history tells us otherwise, but I feel like this is, could be the year that Toronto gets past the first round. So if you just mortgaged all that for um, like a year or two of Tanner Janot, what are you doing? Like, I where know. is the thought process? Where is the thought process? It's oh, man. Hey, it couldn't have happened to a better team. Uh, you know, Tampa has has grabbed this conference by the throat the last seven years, and it's about time that uh, you know they're still a hell of a good team. But it's just it's just yeah. fun watching a team that's done seemingly everything right over the last decade uh, appear to do something pretty stupid <laughs> with the amount that they gave up in this trade. But if they do go on a run and they make another cup or an Eastern Conference final. I think you can take a little bit away from the overpayment, but only a little still. It's so yeah. much to give up for Tanner Janot. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I, be, I yeah. bet you half, half the people that listen to the this episode right now don't even know who that is. And, and Dude, I didn't, I didn't know who the hell he was. Right. I didn't even know exactly. how to say his name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. Um, Literally. Do we get any other questions? Uh, no, that was actually it for this uh, for this episode. But... So we can transition to a three-game preview and predictions, and then the show will be over. But um, let's see. So, so the, uh, the next three teams on the schedule, we'll do tonight's game as well. Um, the Calgary Flames prediction. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three to two Bruins, but I feel like it's gonna be a good game because the Bruins are playing a back to back where they just had a tough game last night against Edmonton. But mm-hmm. Calgary sucks, so yeah. I'll, I'll say four two Bruins. 
Or this could be a classic game where they where they go out and they like they lose three to one or three to two or one of those. Yeah. Things. Hey, if if Dan Vladar is starting, watch out. <laughs> Shutout is incoming. <laughs> um, and then after Calgary, uh, the next game is Thursday, and that would be against the Buffalo Sabers. Potential first round matchup: Buffalo Sabers. Yeah. And Buffalo needs these wins right now, as you were yes, saying. They they're the nine seed in the East. And, um, hey, and they got something to prove against us, too. So they're coming in with a little fire. That's true. And Tage Thompson just became a 40-goal scorer. Despite yep. all that, I'm going to say 4-2 Bruins. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say 4-1 to one Sabres. You goddamn it's gonna be it's gonna be a, It's going to be a game that kind of wakes a lot of people up to how good the Sabres actually are. Why don't you just start a Sabres podcast then? Bud? You know what? Huh? You know what? Actually, it, it's, they are my second favorite team. So oh, much. good. No, but no. I'm just... <laughs> I honestly feel that. I, I feel bad yeah. for the Sabres for how they haven't just been bad. They've been an ECAHL team, ECHL team playing in the NHL these last, you know, two decades. Since Tastic retired, so it's nice to see them being good again. Dude, they uh, they brought back those goat head jerseys, the black and red ones. And Rasmus Dahlin had that quote. He said, "I, I think he was asked um, why do you guys play so much better in those jerseys than the other ones." And his response was something to along the lines of. Uh, we love wearing these jerseys. Uh, we feel evil in them or something oh. like that. Like we feel the evil in the jerseys. And it's like, oh my God, dude. Evil that, sabers. Dude, like that's such, a, arc. <laughs> that's such a heavy quote, dude. That like makes me want to run through a wall for the sabers. <laughs> um, but after, oh yeah, but after Buffalo, the New York Rangers come into Boston. Um, three days rest for the Bruins. That game's not till Saturday. So prediction on that one. And a, and a matinee game. One o'clock. So honestly, I'm gonna say three one Rangers that game. Mm. They just added Patrick Kane. Uh, is Keandre Miller will he be playing in that game? Will he be back from his three game suspension for looging on another man's face? Um, he will not be back. Actually, that's the last game of his suspension. Yeah, I'm still gonna say three one Rangers. I don't know. I just feel like the Bruins are due for. Uh, Another loss. I mean, they've won what seven straight now. Um, to be honest, I think the Bruins going to win, but I say the Bruins going to win every single goddamn game. So I'm going to switch <laughs> it up and I'm going to say Rangers three to one. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's uh... oh, the Bruins lost, and if it's a shootout because we don't have a no, shootout no, no, <laughs> no, like a shootout in terms of like a lot of goals. Oh, I'm going to say six five Bruins overtime win. Jeez, and it's going to be a swayman better be in start. Net. Yeah. It's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll know. it'll be uh what four to four to three within the first four minutes of the game and you won't see Whoa. another goal until the last the end of the third yeah you know the first shot of the game is going to go in the net yeah against swimming so but um do you have anything else to add for this episode um no sick <laughs> Um, hey, well, I want to thank everybody for listening to uh, episode 31 of the Something's Brewing podcast. I just want to remind everyone that you can leave us a DM at any time. You can DM myself um, on Twitter. You can follow me at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. And you can follow the um, podcast Twitter account at Bruin something with no G at the end. And you can send us a DM any time of day, um, rain or shine, whatever. Just send us any question. Um, you can also leave a voicemail, um, send your reactions, send in questions, you know, 
anything on your mind Bruins related, send it in. Uh, you can call that number at 508-260-8584 and leave a voicemail and we'll play it live on the pod. Um, yeah. Also, uh, your I don't know if it was just for me, but your microphone got over for a quick second there in the middle of you saying the number. So I'm going to say it again. You can call that number at 508-263-0854. You can be like our friend from West Virginia and leave us oh, a yeah. whole bunch of voicemails. We will play every single one of them. Like Sully said, it could be a post-game reaction. Maybe Linus Olmark goes bar down next game. Uh, maybe he skates out for a game and plays some defense and they throw Connor Clifton in that. I don't know. Call us and give us a reaction. Ask us about our next, our next one episode will be post-trade deadline. So you can ask us some post-trade deadline questions, shake it up. You can ask us about life, ask us about anything and we will answer it on the pod. Yeah. Well, um, with that being said, um, I just want to remind everybody that we are in partnership with the black and gold product. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Um, they're always constantly putting out new content, uh, posting articles that we all write for the company, posting out new episodes of podcasts that work under the umbrella of Black and Gold Productions. Only Bruins is a great show. Short Shift Pod is a great show. Um, and, you know, actually, it's a lot of fun with those guys. But so shout out to them. Oh, obviously, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast as well. Um, hosted by Mark Allred and Steve Forney. But yeah, I just wanted to uh, share that with you guys. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. The Boston Bruins are leading the NHL at a record setting pace. They are 46, 8 and 5, 97 points. They're three points away from 100 with less than 60 games played. Um, no team has even reached 90 yet. Closest is Carolina. So thanks for coming out all season. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this has been episode 31 of the Something's Brewing podcast. Let's keep it rolling and we'll catch you next week. Bye. They scare yeah. me, honestly. They're scumbags. All they really are. They're all they're all scumbags. There's like and some... honestly, dude, I'm not gonna lie to you. I never even really found Kim Kardashian that attractive. Me either. neither. Dude. It was it was uh, Kendall. I always thought Kendall was the most attractive. Yeah, dude. She because sure. she's the only one that hasn't had like. I mean, I'm sure she's had some work done, but everybody yep. else has had like a stupid like Kylie Jenner night and day does not even look like how Ky- she did. Dude, she was like 15. Kylie Jenner is not even attractive. She's so she's so fake. I don't find she's her attractive. Not attractive at all. When I was like 18, I found her attractive. When I was just a young buck in high school, I was like, damn, Kylie Jenner is so bad. And then now it's like, oh, my God, like she it's just like it's it looks fake like she looks like a barbie doll like she has so much work done yeah and some people like that but i'm just not among that crowd so like i'll just go straight all natural baby